You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert, and my girlfriend, Rick Cates, is laying in bed right now, uh, sipping White Claws. Tonight, I'm joined by our third leg, and now, uh, what what would you substitute the name? How would you substitute that name out? You go from third leg, like... Uh, what's, uh, batter's box? Left nut. <laughs> anyway, we're joined by Josh Luck. Um, how are you tonight, dude? Good. How are you? Uh, tired and excited. We're doing yeah, all this. Yeah. Thing. All yeah, this you just got back. You yeah. just got back from the ATA. Yeah, I'm still kind of on a high from that. It's like a like emotionally draining. You go, you go to a place like that. With you know some of the things we're doing, we got a lot of praise and compliments, and it just you start thinking about it, and that I mean it's good, but it still like gets to you a little bit, you know emotionally it, it kind of drains you a little bit, and then of course when you spend your whole day talking, you don't think that's work and that it's tiring, um, but it is, and thanks to their shitty map on their app. Uh, I'm pretty sure I wish I had turned on a tracker yesterday. Um, <laughs> I would have put in less miles, I'll bet, on public land whitetail hunting than there. I mean, we walked from one end to the other a bunch of times. When you would zoom in on the map, it would kind of like jump, and you couldn't. The booths wouldn't be numbered, and then you'd zoom in and you'd see the number, and you'd zoom in a little farther, and you'd see the name but it would be like the first three letters of the name. So you'd zoom in a little more, and every time you zoom in, the map would move left or right or up or whatever. And then when you'd zoom out, uh, you might as well just do a backflip and close your eyes. And that's how I felt. So the map was useless. So we just walked around, and then we're like, okay, we'll come back here, here, here. And then, I mean, every booth is the same and you're just going back and forth it was crazy it was very next time i will likely print a map out carry a clipboard with some blank sheets of paper and i'll have a printed map so that way i can navigate my damn self and say okay there's the magnus booth all right we're here you are here <laughs> and then you know navigate from there so anyway yeah that was Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. What was her saying? Oh, did Bob the Builder? They were like the same generation. Can we build it? Oh, I don't remember how the little map jingle goes. Yeah. What was what was her little uh, sidekick? Boots. Aaron was your boots. Swiper. No swiping. <laughs> um. Yeah, 
really cool experience, man. Got to see just a metric F ton of gear that dropped at the show. And if you have a deep appreciation for gear like we do, uh, it's your Christmas morning. So, Oh, yeah. It's kind of what we wanted to go over uh, on this podcast here was just a big kind of gear review, gear dump, all, everything that you kind of saw, Chris, talk of what we can about specs and things that are coming out and what the consumers can can expect later this summer and in the next fall. Um, yeah. So for those that appreciate the gear, they should appreciate this podcast. Sure. I agree. Uh, so to lead it off, man, one, what was it like? best product of the year something best new product of the year talking about the latitude six yeah yeah so they won first place for things like uh new product yeah um latitude the guys at latitude i i probably compliment them too much but i just have a deep appreciation for passion and top to bottom man they're grade a first class all the way uh you know down to their damn cardboard box i mean their cardboard box is nicer than some people's setups so they come out with these sticks they are 100 percent carbon fiber they are not there is no metal there is no uh stupid strap with a big ass stupid loud clanky buckle on it it's an am steel attachment and it's probably the easiest am steel attachment i've seen possibly i mean it's super simple so we'll kind of go over those a little bit uh, i believe they're 17 inches step to step which is a really good they're they're 18 inches step to step are you sure i'm looking at it right now on their website well, crap. Well, I'll let you read the specs then. I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch my video. Uh, so they don't have all the specs on here, but they're 18 inches step to step, and they're 19 ounces. And these mm -hmm. things are, um, like you said, there's there's no moving parts, absolutely metal-free, and I believe it's all one machine piece. Yes. Yeah, it's a single piece. When you're reading that, does it say 18 inches? or 18 inches step to step it says 18 inches but okay. i'm pretty pretty sure 18 inches step to step because like when you have a 20 inch stick a lot of times it's not going to be 20 inches step to step you got to think that bottom step the bottom of the bottom step is at the bottom of the stick therefore coming up an inch or sometimes an inch and a half too all right i feel a lot better now um they're phenomenal uh the the things so all, you know super honest though um as i told you guys before i went and we had a conversation with some guys on facebook and i didn't get to do this yet um i didn't get to climb up on them i wanted to but there were there were people in there all day and I know everybody was wanting to try to take pics and videos. I mean, they were they were the freaking happening booth at this place, man. And you're talking about a place probably with 
a thousand plus people just in vendors easily. Um, so I didn't climb up on them. And my one concern was the standoffs, um, how far they'll get you out from the tree. I'm spoiled. My first sticks I ever owned were EWO feather sticks. And I've told people uh, for, well, since I owned them, I have, I have yet to beat them. <laughs> um, there's some that are, that are close, but those are the cream of the crop. Uh, I love the standoffs. They bite so well and they get you out from the tree. So I tried some others and there's a lot of amazing designs, really cool stuff out there, but I like a double step and I like to have foot space from the step to the tree. So, um, you just feel like you have, you know, better balance and you're not fighting gravity or anything as much. And you just feel more confident when you climb really. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they're definitely as far as any climbing sticks, the UWOs, because I've been on yours, Chris, I don't have any, those are actually sticks. I've been in the market for new sticks and those were kind of at the top of my list to purchase yeah. um, until these new carbon sure. sticks came out. But the UWO sticks are probably one of the best, if not the best climbing sticks out there. Just, just yeah. all around. Yep. I agree. Um, so that is still my, my one, I guess, concern. Is there going to be enough, foot space for us. I'll say this much. So if you're a dude that's just got big ass feet, well, you're probably going to run into that a lot more. Just like, you know, a tall dude walking through the woods doesn't catch as many limbs as Chris does. That's just science. It's what happens. So I get that. But myself, you, Aaron, you know, we're all a 10, 10 and a half, 11. That's pretty, you know, from 10 to 11, is hands down the average that everybody wears for the most part. Um, and I think a lot of guys are probably, do you, do you order your hiking boots true to size or do you order them about a half size bigger? Not I usually hikers. Hikers. I, I order them true to size because okay. I'm, I'm hiking in them, right? I'm walking right. a lot and I don't want any, far as like any heel rub nothing like that so i want yeah. i prefer them true to size now okay. other other boots like rubbers or, or if yeah. it's an insulated boot they might be a little bit bigger yep. um but hikers are usually true to size yep okay cool same so um with my size 10 i'm hoping that i have plenty of foot room good grip and there's things you know i i've seen somebody worried about um you know having their boot grip it i mean i think there's some immediate mods that you could do like grip tape or something on them that would just really up your game there and and that might be a really i probably shouldn't have said that that's a youtube video um <laughs> but you know just some simple grip tape i mean i put that stuff on my summit climber uh for years because it it was literally the difference between sure traction no matter what and bust your ass on a sprinkling rainy day if you had you know when you went up the tree if you had any kind of uh if you weren't level you know you had the front of the stand pointed up in any way oh you'd be you'd be in trouble so hands down 
uh, as far as as you know the mobile side of things that takes the cake um and and i saw some really cool shit man uh to to go further um i would say next in line would have to be the onyx from trophy line their new mm -hmm. platform but real quick oh go ahead what's before we move away from the sticks what's what's the weight rating on the sticks the weight rating is 300 pounds i apologize for pj riley he said 350 in his video and now a bunch of people think it's 350 but it is actually 300 pound weight rating on the latitude yeah. sticks yeah and they have they're coming with a five-year warranty on those so five freaking year warranty. i got a lot of confidence in and that's the durability crazy. of the sticks yeah i don't I know if, believe does, that. Anyone, does anyone else offer that uh exodus on some trail cams but other than that no i've never heard of that ever yeah. five-year warranty on those and that's what are, what are the 89 dollars per stick yeah somewhere around there and then so, like uh, for a three pack is like 239 like, yeah it's yeah. i mean that's uh they they could have they could have charged a lot more for those like yeah. significantly more and people would have paid it i'm that that's what's impressive to me they've they have raised the bar very high and this is gen one uh they're going to come out with more stuff and i'll bet oh, they yeah. come out with more stuff that's carbon and watch it'll be disgusting it'll be ridiculous what they do and it'll probably cost a little more but kudos to them for offering basically uh i don't know if i'd quite call that a budget stick but it's not far off i mean that's cheaper i'm pretty sure they're cheaper let before i run my mouth here let's make sure we're not lying so let me let's just google a couple of top of the line so beast gear sticks yeah most sticks are around a hundred dollars a stick so so right now beast sticks are 89 dollars a piece um i am not let's see here What what size stick is that? It's a twenty inch stick. I thought the B sticks were around a hundred. Well, I think they uh, have them on sale right now because it says says that. Let me try and find. Oh wow! Did they? Wow! So they have got a little platform for their sticks um i think that's new yeah i i would agree i i'm a, if i have seen something i forgot about it but we know that happens but um uh sticks and stands climbing sticks yeah they have them on sale right now yeah they so usually, they're they're nine dollars yeah. so you were right so they are on sale so 
if you want some beast sticks, now's the time. But um, with that said, they are 18 inches step to step on a 20 inch stick. Um, so right there, they're $10 cheaper than a beast stick when you're buying singles. And then if you buy a three pack, you're going to save a significant amount of money. So that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, it's really good. Really good. I don't know how much Hawk sticks are, but uh, that would be like the most budget stick I've, I could think of probably, but yeah, uh, I think um, exo the new XOP sticks are cheaper, but really, yeah. Now, are we talking about double steps? Not uh, the yes, sixteen foot long ladder sticks that people no. somehow carry. No, no. I'm talking about their new double steps, but we can we can get to those later on because XOP I'm is not, a company yeah. that we will talk about. Yep. Yeah, I guess I guess we should, probably should say that. So anyway. <laughs> Super, super cheap for what it is. I mean, it's basically, you know, immediately I'm going to say, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say one of the top sticks on the market. We need to test it out first. But when you're talking about looks and design, weight, all that, she's up there and she's cheaper. And there's a lot of benefits to carbon fiber. Um, you can still, as Alex said in his video, I mean, most people, are going to try to do everything they can so they'll still stealth strip them but you're talking about no chance for a dinging metal sound without stealth strip and then when you add the stealth strip wow you know and they mm -hmm. stack super flat which is huge um i'm pumped for those guys so anyway on the trophy line um they trophy line's been killing it this not just at ata this whole past year dude they're they, ridiculous they've just been dropping new new product after new product after new product new packs uh, like man the fanatic i sat in the fanatic for a a lengthy amount of time yesterday trying that out uh trying out the onyx platform and that's such a nice saddle it's super nice i will say it was nice having the rope man on the the uh, tether, but yeah. I I would never fool with it. But it was cool. Um, so the trophy line Onyx is kind of a uh, a hybrid platform, a tweener platform, if you will, in between the mission and what is their smaller one? The uh, it's not the wingman. The EDP. Um, EDP, um, and they basically took the edges and angled them down at what, like, does it say, are you looking at it right now? Is it a 45 degree angle? I was trying to look at it here. Um, if it's not a 45, I'll, I'll be impressed. I'm pretty sure it's a 45. So they also added a bunch of little ridges, um, all over the edges and everything to catch the grip of your boots. And uh, I'm pretty confident that, uh, so they were filming me as I was on this platform, trying it out and everything on the pole. And I wore, I wore, uh, you know, mostly what I would hunt in for the most part. Um, and that included my, 
Zamberlin hiking boots. And so I thought, well, we got the hikers on. Let's let's test this thing and let's try to slip off of it. And uh, a couple people made a comment um, that I was probably going to bust my shins or knees because uh, I I mean I had I had the very end of the toe of my boot on the edge, and then I had my feet like almost pointed vertical at the sky, and and it was my and I was like bouncing and kind of shaking and trying to get my feet to slide off and it i mean it would have sucked I, i'll be the first to admit i, I would have hit my shin on it and it would have hurt pretty <laughs> i mean we all know what it's like to bust your shin on a you know a hitch or something so um but i just wanted to see i mean it was it was super impressive one of the things that i really liked you'll like this so um on the, I don't know if you would refer to it as the back or the front, depending on who you are, but the part that goes up against the tree near the post um, on the outer edges, there's little wings, just a little bit, nothing, you know, it's not like the, um, it's not like the X wing or anything like that, but it just comes out just enough when you're a sitter and you put your boots just a little further out. Oh man, it was nice. It was it was pretty sweet. Um, and then there is a uh, they cut out the middle of the front, the part that's not against the tree. Um, mm -hmm. They cut out the uh, like a square piece in the middle. So when you come around on your platform, um, you guys can't see me, but let's say you swing. Um, you know, you're at. We'll say you know you're facing the tree. And, you know, your butt is at six o'clock. The tree's at 12. When you swing over to like eight o'clock, 730, something like that, you can stick your left leg on one of those on that wing on the left side close to the tree. And then you put your other foot in that little notch. Little notch. Nice. Oh, and it it nobody, nobody will understand that unless they're a saddle hunter who does it a lot. And it's tough to describe to somebody who doesn't understand, but essentially there are a bunch of like, uh, you know, muscle, you're using muscles and everything to support yourself and balance that you don't actually realize you're using until something like that comes along. And then just a little bit of stress, there's just a little bit of relief and, and you just kind of sigh and you're like, oh, that, that's not, I'm just i turned a little bit and my feet you know because there's a lot of little stabilizer muscles in your toes and feet and heels and uh, arches and everything that are being used to make sure that you keep your balance and that you're not going to slip off or whatever i mean we're pretty agile but at the same rate you don't want to be that guy so when i when i spun around though freaking sweet um and it's not it's not the lightest platform out there, but I will say this, and this is just from holding it, you know, at the show, you know, not carrying it for, you know, seven miles in a day or something. Uh, it's, I believe it's 4.5 pounds. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is, um, is 4.5 pounds. And it does not feel the way it balances when it folds up. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that bad. It feels pretty light. Now it doesn't feel like, you know, the pursuit platform or something, but it's, 
it is not bad. And it is, to me, that's one of the better platforms that I've seen. Like, I mean, we love them all, right? They're all cool. I can play with every single one of them. But when you get in that tweener area where you're not too big, that mission's pretty big. And, and that's mm-hmm. good for some things. But at the same rate, you know, I think me and you are kind of very similar in the sense that once you go, you know, X, Y, Z small, you really don't have a desire to go back to anything any bigger. And yep. man, it is it is nice. And you, you do need something, though. Like, for instance, again, the Pursuit platform that was dropped last year. Um, super cool great for minimalism um probably wouldn't be my first choice for like an all-day sit uh there's not there's not going to be you know you're going to carry like some bull man steps or something with that if you're intelligent because you're going to want to be able to switch positions and stabilize yourself in different ways you know what we've learned in saddle hunting is the more you can do things like that and adjust yourself a little bit here and there you keep that blood flow going and you don't um, you know, have anything getting sore on you or fatigued. And it's, it's really nice. It's actually, uh, the, the whole saddle thing to me is more comfortable than sitting on a a lock on seat for the most part. Um, if, if we're talking about time, if you have what you need, such as, you know, if you're a sitter like me, you need some back support to take that um, tension off your abs. If you have that, you're you're way more comfortable than you would be in a lock-on. Now, the reverse of that is there's some things that can happen. You know, a weak side shot might not be easy on you and you might miss your opportunity or something, but you can have the same thing with a stand. A deer could be behind you uh, or circle around you and now the tree is in your way and you know, you basically are left with the same thing. You got kind of like that weak side shot, but you have to move now. You have to turn your entire body. Um, it just, it's weird. There's a lot to it. But that Onyx, very, very cool. Also, I have to bring up, which I'm not really sure why they did this. I I, I didn't get to ask Weston this. I have the mission. I had to stop using it on the tree out back because it looks like a bear got pissed off and ripped the shit out of the tree. And it really I'm not even just saying that. It really does look like that. That thing bear, bites really hard. It is aggressive. And it's just like a basic bracket. You know, there's nothing special about it. But that sucker bites. And I do I tow hook it. I cam it over or whatever. Well I, I tow hook it. I don't just cam it over. Um the bracket on that onyx is maybe the most aggressive thing i've ever seen they call yeah. it the claw yeah on top of the post they call it the claw but they, i mean it's it looked like a bear claw hell. um so i'm interested they had i want to say they had like pine um which never you know anytime you have a polished pole uh haha um <laughs> it doesn't show how something would actually bite a lot of stuff can slip on it and they, they don't they don't bite properly but i i mean i pretty much took their pole setup 
close to the limit, I would call it. I had to chill out because I had shit rocking and everything. I had their whole pole structure rocking pretty good because I was swinging around on the sides and just kind of, you know, coming up off of it and jumping and just, you know, trying to get it to fail as best I could, you know, within reason. And it did not. Uh, it didn't kick. It didn't do anything. So it's a badass platform. Yeah. So to go over the specs, like you said, it's 4.5 pounds. So it's not light, not super heavy, kind of in the middle. And just just to kind of quickly put this in there, I saw some guys online saying like, oh, it looks like just all, like all their other platforms. Like when you take a look at the small details, for those that saddle hunt a lot, you yeah. really like you'll have a great appreciation for all the little details. Yep. I agree. Like I think they put a lot of thought into it. They they combine the best features of all of the platforms they have and put it into one, and that's the Onyx. Um, Onyx. So it's four and a half pounds. It is fourteen point nine inches wide by thirteen inches deep. Um it has a weight limit of 300 pounds which okay. that is nuts because i know i know there's different stress points in that but it's the same weight limit as those carbon sticks right yeah that's insane that's, <laughs> uh so yeah the the onyx is a wicked sweet platform now did did you see did they have anything else that was new? And they, I know they came out with a bunch of other stuff. Did you get your hands on their packs? Um, dude, I they had a whole section of packs, and we were we were going over some of them. For the life of me, I can't remember the names. Um, I I know that I looked at the dry bag really hard, so that way when I take my two a.m. swims in September, um, Weston. <laughs> was joking with me about that. He's like, yeah, you need one of those. Um, that thing's pretty slick. It's huge. It is not like, it looks like, I mean, Nick's pretty good sized guy. So I, I think he dwarfs it a little bit, if you will. Um, that's not a small bag. It's, it's a pretty big ass kind of, I wouldn't quite call it a duffel bag, but it, I mean, it's there. Um, you know, it's not like a giant one, but it's it's enough to fit all kinds of stuff in and and keep it dry it had some pretty cool features there's a little strap on the inside that you can hook um underneath the zipper to the other side to basically keep you from stuffing it too full and oh, nice. not being able to zip it yeah um yeah it i mean that thing was really cool. There's another one. Um, I'm going to need to pull up their website myself. Was it their Sumter? Uh, describe what the Sumter looks like. Oh, I don't. I would probably mix it up with one of their other so, packs. So I, I looked at their Plateau pack. That's oh. pretty cool. That'd be like a one sticker's dream, um, especially on private. If you're going super far on public, though, it's not going to be something you would want um simply because you couldn't pack an animal out so um let me uh they have the palisade and the sumter frame the sumter is the frame pack so i looked at the sumter uh pretty slick um he hadn't personally packed anything out with it but he had talked to people that had packed out deer and antelope and all that um 
that's something that I'm just going to have to play with myself. Like yeah. we've did, talked about. Did you get to, did you get to look at the internal frame? That's my only question with that pack is how well you could pack an eight a mile with it. Um, all right. So I believe it was the Palisade pack. So real quick though, the Sumter frame pack, the frame from what I could tell was, um, picture like a really thick coat hanger. Yeah. Something like that. Or like, uh, what, how I would describe it is a little thicker than the rods that the election signs are held up with something okay. like that. Like it's not, it's not like a, uh, I'm just going to let that go. Cause I'm pretty sure it, for some reason, when Cora calls me, it goes to her as well and vice versa. Um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> it's, it's not from what I could tell, like, for example, my Tenzing pack has two flat pieces of metal in the pack. These yeah. ran along the perimeter of the outside. There could be some in the middle as well. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't try to bust it open or anything. Cause honestly, I mean, I, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I just can't see that being great for hauling an entire buck like what we did. Now, if you've got a quarter or a head, sure. And I could be wrong, but I just, if you don't have a meat shelf, in my opinion, I want nothing to do with hauling that kind of weight out. My mystery ranch had 98 pounds in it. Uh, well, I'm sorry, with the mystery ranch pack, it weighed 98 pounds. So um, you know, probably had like 92, I mean, yep. uh, you know, 93, whatever. So, uh, I feel like once you put all that meat way out there, a, it's going to be hell on earth for you in multiple ways. Balance. You're going to destroy your hips. Um, your back's probably going to hurt your shoulders. And then on top of that, you're going to stress the living shit out of that pack. And bad things happen and then break one strap and your day just became hell on earth so i mean i that's you you'd think my biggest fear would be other things my biggest fear is you got a deer and you're packing it out and something fails with your pack i can't believe that pack i use hasn't failed i put it through hell <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've some with your deer. In fact, that's probably the pretty damn close to the most weight it's hauled. I mean, I know we didn't haul your gear back with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know for sure you've held a hundred pounds in yours. Oh so yeah, you put, you put two bags. Yeah. I've had two bags of corn plus cameras and batteries, and you know, other stupid little stuff that you keep in there. Yeah. Those those things are they're good packs. They're built well, and I thought they had an eighty pound capacity. But talking with a guy, I'll we'll get into that. We like rabbit hole into other companies that I talk to and tell who we really like. So I checked out the. Um, I'm hoping I don't pronounce this wrong. I okay. believe. While you're looking that up, just for the listeners, because we didn't hit on this. The Onyx platform is two twenty nine ninety nine, and 
they're probably one of the only companies there that already have it for order or ready to order. Yeah. So you can, yeah. You can, you can get on the website. You can order that thing right now. That's pretty slick. So yeah. the next pack that I, it caught my eye was called the Palisade pack. Palisade Eva pack. Mm -hmm. That's um, their, that's their newest one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, he didn't even get to point it out before I asked about it. Uh, one of the things that caught my eye with it is it holds its shape. It's like a, you know, like it'll stand up on its own with nothing to rest up against as long as you have, you know, level ground. It's got a pretty decent, like, hard bottom to it. Um, I think it looks pretty slick. But I feel like it would be one of those, like, I think it'd be amazing for self-filmers with, like, a lot of camera gear and stuff. It's very rigid. It, it'd protect things very well. Yeah, and uh, next video that he did with that, that was one of the things he had talked about. Okay. So, yeah. It, it's pretty slick. It is, uh, that one retails at 189 and. Let's see if we can get you some some kind of specs here. Um, trying to get there. Uh, sixteen hundred cubic inches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 16, Sixteen total pockets. It wasn't it's terribly good. big, but it wasn't small. It was yeah. nice. I I mean. It's one thing I really like about it. You know, I don't like big packs. 1,600 right. cubic, inch, cubic inches is like right up my alley. Yep. It is, it, the weight is three pounds, nine ounces. Yeah, that's pretty light. Mm -hmm. has, a, has a separate saddle platform pouch. It's so, a reinforced molded foam bottom, so it'll stand up on its own. Yeah, it's, it's pretty slick, man. Um, so the other bag I checked out was their dry bag. And that's mm -hmm. just, I mean, it's slick. Um, it's got handles. It's got shoulder straps. Um, as I said before, a little strap on the inside underneath the zipper to keep you from overstuffing it. And the zipper is obviously sealed when you zip it. So, I mean, you can submerge it and, you know, have everything that's important in there and you're golden. Um, for idiots like me, it's 50 liters. Um, it's got two internal organization mesh pockets. Um, what's this say? Welded waterproof locking zipper. There you go. Um, and it's two pounds, 12 ounces. It's pretty light as well. Um, yeah, that'd be a good pack just to travel with. Yes. On the bottom, I wanted to to hit on this i noticed this and it really caught my attention the bottom is like a linex coating like what they spray in your truck bed oh so nice that was pretty cool for like grip and protection and all that so uh, i thought that was pretty slick though for those that you know follow what we do or whatever uh <laughs> you you may or may not know that i have done some extracurricular <laughs> Phelps, Phelpsing, 
Michael Phelpsing in the uh, lakes, rivers, and ponds this year. So, um, that would be something that would be up my alley. So before we move on, anything else that I didn't hit on? Oh, uh, so I, I kind of, I mean, I guess I should mention this. This wasn't super new. Um, really only the uh, Palisade and the, the Onyx were new. The, the Sumter and the Strybag were dropped last year, a little while back. And then they also dropped their saddle last year. It was mm -hmm. the Venetic, um, I think it was like right before the expo. And uh, I sat in it then, thought it was cool. Um, was able to give it a little more time and attention yesterday. And I was pretty impressed by it. Um, it's a slick saddle. Now they have ridiculous colors, which make me drool. Um, they've got the green and the brown, like the olive drab green mm. and the, uh, coyote brown. So, I mean, you can't, you can't color enough gear with those two colors. Um, so I, I figured I'd bring that up as well. That that's pretty, uh, pretty high up there as far as saddles that I've tried. Honestly, it's pretty slick. Yeah. I didn't give it. I didn't get it. I sat in it very briefly at our show last year. So I haven't like got to give it uh, a good shot as far yeah. as like sitting in it. Yep. Um, so maybe at some point I'll, I'll sit and play with it for a while. Sure. Um, Let's see here. So I'm going to move on to XOP. Yeah, they're, um, I think we covered trophy line pretty good. Um, yeah. XOP, they've been dropping. I saw all kinds of videos from them online from Dude. the show, and you got to see a bunch of it in person. Yes. Um, I am, I'm pretty excited for them. Uh, so I, I'm going to go on a little rant here. Go ahead. For XOP. So for anyone that's talked with Randy, Randy is, what is Randy's position? Randy's either sure. marketing guy. I'm not quite sure Randy's position. Anyway, Randy Schofield is usually the guy you see online talking about XOP. Uh, if you're dealing with XOP, half the time you're dealing with him. Right? Super nice. And he's always up front about, you know what XOP is, what they stand for. They machine their parts overseas, and he's never once shied away from that. He's straight up front with you. Some people don't like it, but my, I get so irritated. Like they were dropping their videos and stuff online. I'd see people like post like, "Oh, made in China, China Chinese POS," and I'm like, "Man, you haven't even sat in this thing. You don't, you don't even know." They right on their Chinese phone. <laughs> exactly. That's my biggest. Oh, that's my biggest pet peeve. People say this, and I'm like, "Do you have a cell phone? Do you have a vehicle? Like, you're like the biggest hypocrite. Like, most of the stuff you probably have on your person is probably not made in the U.S. That's just the reality of how of what we live in today. Sure. The vast the mass the vast majority of products are manufactured overseas. Um. You, it would probably be nearly impossible to have everything on you at all times that were made in the U.S. Now, yeah. all about companies manufacturing and producing in the U.S. I think it's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. But XOP, 
is filling a void in the market, right? They're they're yep. putting out similar products at a lower price point. They're able to do this because they manufacture overseas, but they're filling that price point void, right? So there's a lot of people that want that lower price point, and they're fulfilling that. Yep. And the products they're not they're not bad products. They're good products. No, they're and usually if any issues arise, they're pretty quick to get on it. Well, one uh, thing that always cracks me up is XOP that I'm pretty sure they've always shipped to China, uh, shipped from China. Um, I could be wrong in that, but nevertheless, that was all well and good a few years ago. Mm -hmm. When Cody was rocking them, nobody said anything to Cody when he was rocking the Chinese stuff. So was it made in America then, or are people just stupid and <laughs> hypocrites? Like you said, you know, it's annoying. People, you know, you get the fanboys, and and you can see all these guys, you know, digging at XOP, and I'm in agreement with you. I think it's stupid. The other thing. Congratulations on your American-made stuff. Thank you. That's cool. Everything's staying right here. Okay, good. You ever order something off Amazon? You know? You ain't getting shit off Amazon that isn't coming from China unless you're buying, you know, deer piss. and You know, unless you're buying stuff that isn't actually coming from Amazon. They're just, like, drop shipping or whatever. I don't know how they do it, but um i just i'm in agreement man i i think it's stupid so anyway yep. they're they're fulfilling that void another another thing people need to keep in mind the the consumer's winning in the end right so they're they're putting out similar products at a lower price point that people can afford and that lower price point is also keeping all these other companies honest as far as their price point it's keeping them honest and it's taking pressure off of them because how long would the wait for a Lone Wolf custom gear, uh, you know, who else, um, Elevate, Beast Gear, like a lot of these guys struggle keeping up now. Now, XOP does a shitload of business. Take all that business and stack it on everybody else, and of course they'd be happy, right? But they wouldn't be able to keep up. Yeah, so like you said, Beast Gear, I feel like half the time I'm on their website, I mean, it's good stuff, made in America stuff, but you look at the website, it's like, oh, out of stock, out of stock. And then people are waiting like, oh, I ordered this months ago. And it's like, man. Yep. It's the same thing with saddles. When Tethered came out with saddles, I mean, you'd wait forever. And then all these other companies started popping up. And now you don't have to wait four, six months for a saddle. You can get it tomorrow. You can get it next week. Sometimes you might have a little weight, but it's not extreme. So onto these products I saw. And I gotta say, dude, these were these were right up there, man. And and their stand is obscene. The um, retrograde? The retrograde is the smallest stand I've sat on in my life. It reminded me of the tree hopper. Really? 
it's that small. It's tiny. I Like I said in our thread today, if you put rubber boots on and you're sitting on that thing, your, your feet would likely be touching and they would also be touching the tree stand platform cables. You wouldn't be able to like shift much. Now, to me, this is a glorified platform with a seat. I mean, it's small, but it's it slick as hell. And you could pack that thing. Now, I got to talk about this too. They've got a new seat. Their seat does not squish down. I have the XOP uh, seat that comes on your stand. Um, I ordered their deluxe actually, and uh, it will squish down almost flat. It's not really that great. I liked it for turkey hunting, honestly. Yeah. This one, there's like five different types of foam material within that seat. And it's it's pretty rigid. I think, in my opinion, they could go just a little softer, maybe. But it's pretty good. Um, so... In regards to that, how small it is, I'll, I'll throw out some specs here. So I'm going to compare their new retrograde stand to the um, DeQuisto 0.5 um, and the Element Ultra because those are probably sim they're similar in size. Yep. So retrograde specs, and and this this stand is 399.99, so like 400 dollars. Um, the, they're not available until June, but weight is six pounds. Weight rating is 350. Platform dimensions are 14 inches by 23 inches. Seat height, 18 inches. Seat dimensions, eight inches by 11 inches. Okay. Now let's look at probably, I would say probably the standard as far as like the small stands go, the custom gear stand. Right, so we have, uh, what's the weight on this? I always five point seven pounds for the weight. So just a just a smidge lighter. Three tenths. The seat is nine and a half by ten inches. So the seat dimensions for the retrograde are essentially the same: eight by eleven versus nine and a half by ten. Very minimal difference there. The platform, 23 inches by 16 and a half inches. So the retrograde has a smaller platform than the 0.5. And I sat on the 0.5 and that thing, I felt. Oh, it's small. Yeah. 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 And, and then you look at the Element Ultra from Elevate. It's 6.25 pounds. So just a smidge over what the retrograde is. The specs, platform measures. 17 by 23 and three quarters. So again, the retrograde platform is it's smaller than that. Um, seat height on the Element Ultra is 19 and a half. And then seat measures, so they have the same seat, 10 inches by the eight inches. So yeah, that retrograde is, the platform's coming at the smallest of those three. It's not tiny, it's micro. <laughs> it's It's like a, a nano they should call it the nano yeah it's got a 350 pound weight rating and then the the custom loan of custom gear the 0.5 has a 300 pound weight rating 
and then I want to say pretty sure the Ultra has a 300 or 350. I would say 300. Yeah, I'm not seeing it here. I'm pretty sure it's 300, though. Yeah, I'd be really surprised. In fact, XOP seems to be the only company that does a little higher, but you see that. I mean, they're like testing their stuff all the time. Really yeah. cool stuff, too. They do a lot of testing on their stuff. So this stand would be the absolute minimalistic tree stand you could ever want. And while I will say, you know, there's some trade-off to that. You're not going to have as much room to shift around on that platform. But when you talk about packability, ease of hanging in a tree, being able to get in spaces on a tree, where there are branches, uh, you know, creating tight spaces, man. I mean, that thing's going to pack like a dream. Yeah. How is their bracket? Oh, it's yeah. It's just it's nice. So they're gonna they're gonna change a little bit about the bracket. The bracket is just fine right now, how I'd refer to it. But it, they've got some improvements to make, so that essentially it's flawless. We'll call it. You know, it's you could get away with it, but they're going to change it. They, I mean, they're. I love talking to these guys about this too. So I'm sitting there talking with Randy, Brock, Mike from Backwoods, Clifton, Denny from On Your Own Outdoors, and Zach Owsley. Um, I can't remember his channel. A uh, Aerial Assault. Um, and everybody's just kind of breaking breaking the stand down and sort of picking it apart. And it was, it was awesome. <laughs> One of the moments of the day for sure. Um, but that's a, that is a hell of a, of an option. For the, for the guy that likes the hybrid hunt too, that'd be a heck of an option. Yeah. So now we'll move on to um, their next stand that they dropped, which is called the cold world. Mm-hmm. And it would be, I would say that this is um, very comparable to um, like the size of like a 0.75 or the Novix Hilo or something like that. It's it's not tiny, but it's not big either. I don't think it's far off from uh, a um, the Elevate Ultra, honestly. I think it's about like it. It's it's pretty darn. The platform size is pretty darn close to the 0.75. Yeah. The uh, uh, so the cold world is seven and a half pounds. Again, 350 pound weight rating. Platform dimensions are 17 and a half by 26. The 0.75 is 27 by 16 and a half. Yep. Um. Again, seat height is 18 inches. Seat dimensions are the 8 by 11 for the cold world. And it's coming in at 450. And you're going to get like an extra three or four inches as well for those that are somehow 40 feet tall. Everybody's complaining about 18-inch posts now. They need to be 20 um, or what, like like that. You can't just sit there. Can you not? I mean, you're not sitting on the ground. What do you need? 
but you're going to get a, a few, you know, three or four inches out of that seat as well. And it is not mm -hmm. going to compress down, um, which seat height, keep in mind, means uh, I'm pretty sure means the metal actual seat, not the cushion. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that one was pretty cool. I mean, same thing as the other, just a little bigger. Uh, they have, um, I, I believe they come with it. Uh, it's got a little bow holder that goes right on your seat, mm -hmm. which is pretty damn cool. And it like folds up and everything out of the way when you, when you're packing it and stuff. So I thought that was pretty badass. Um, and that comes in at 449. If you haven't said already 450 bucks basically, and that's coming in June, which for those that are coming to the mobile hunters expo in June, guess what you're going to be able to buy? Like that'll be the first place that that's offered basically I'd bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think almost all our new stuff is coming in June. <laughs> yeah. So yes. well, the mobile hunters expo in Chattanooga is taking place in June will probably be the first show where people can buy it. Yep. So, and then, and then I think uh, Latitude Sticks are available in June. Yep. And we'll probably be one of the first shows where people can purchase it at the show, try it out and purchase it there. Mm -hmm. So I did not, I hate this, I didn't really mess with their platform. Uh, we got, so that was the last booth I visited and we ended up getting kicked out of the show. It was past the time that they closed. And, uh, well, if you know me, you know me. I'm <laughs> sitting there talking forever, nerding out. But um, the Invader, their new platform, comes in June. It's $200. Bucks. Um, it looks slick as hell. Uh, I like the fact that they've got the indentations, both uh, like the little notches or whatever, cut out of the sides and the front. Um, but I can't really comment too much on it because I didn't try it. And I didn't look at it very much. I was, I'll be honest, I was really focused on their two new stands. And then the next thing I'm going to talk about uh, made me, um, we'll call it, excited. Yeah, they're, um, the Invader is coming in at 2.9 pounds. Again, weight rating is 350 pounds. And then the platform dimensions are 12 by 12. So, oh, we, we also didn't talk about, they have, uh, this new like dura grip on their new stands and this platform which if anyone watched randy's videos he described it as kind of that like what you would see on a skateboard that rough surface okay um so if people are worried about any any slippage like their feet slipping on it um from i don't know if you got to feel or see it chris but from everything i've seen and heard online it looks like it's a pretty rough surface to help it minimalize. Is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, I would, I would say that it, you know, which that rough surface you're referring to is very similar to a grip tape. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that's exactly what it is, honestly, but um, yeah, the, I think a lot of people get a little bent out of shape and think that all these stands are covered in ice all the time or something and everybody's going to slip and die. But, um, no, it, it's pretty slick coating.
you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well, that cuts weight from your clothing but not from your wallet, check out Huntworth. Whether you're hunting early season in Nebraska, mid-season in Ohio, or late season in Iowa, Huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt. With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham Lightweight Hunting Pants and the Midweight Shelton Hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions when fishing and hunting. So we've been on the search for a new broadhead this year, and after doing some research and kind of looking around, we found this company called Afflictor Broadheads. We got our hands on some of the heads this summer to test out, and guys, I got to tell you, I believe that this head will be in our quiver this fall. Each and every broadhead is hand-assembled in their Texas facility by people who truly care about your experience. This year, I'll be shooting the K2 Mini and the K2 Hybrid, and I got to tell you, I'm absolutely loving them. They fly great, they're extremely durable, and the penetration is just deadly. I can't express it enough. I also love the practice pin feature these guys came out with. So far, I'm really, really impressed. To learn more for yourself, check them out at afflictorbroadheads.com. Um, so they don't have this on their site that I'm finding. I don't know when it's going to be released. In fact, I can't tell you specs. What I can tell you is they've got a new turkey pack coming out, and I'm like over the moon about it. It's made out of... Yeah, I meant to ask you about this. It's called the... I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Meligris? 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 Something like that. Is that a racist term? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, M-E-L-E-A-G-R-I-S. Yeah. I don't know that we talked about that. I, I was infatuated with the pack. Now, for me, there's a few things that I'd change immediately and probably make modular if I could. If I could. Um, you know, they've got like a specialized box call pocket. I'm never going to use a box call in my life. Don't need that. Just give me a regular pocket or remove it all together. Yeah, um, remove it and put like molly webbing there if you want to add yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that would be what I would prefer. Um, and it's, it's a Turkey vest, but it's made out of pack material. Um, oh, nice. Like so that more, yeah. That more durable yeah. material. Oh, it's, it's the shit. Um, very, very good pouch. And what I like about it, it is, is that it fits you. It's not that big shitty heavy cloth that's like flopping out. And when you're trying to go, through thickets or you know um areas that are tight it gets hung up on stuff this thing they're just like wearing you know a little bigger of a shirt or something it's mm-hmm. it's freaking nice I'm, um, I'm looking at a video right now it looks pretty tight and compact yeah it's not floppy so i think it's gonna it looks like it's gonna come in under a hundred dollars Oh yeah, I think like sixty nine ninety nine might be what yep. they're thinking. Mm-hmm. My my only question was when I saw this little video clip, does it have a seat pad? 
so they had one on it. They're still trying to figure out the seat. Um, they had, uh, I think it's one that goes like on their climber or something attached to it. Um, and I, I was like, whoa, you got all this cool stuff. And then we got like the seat pad that's bigger than the pack. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, and there was no button or anything, but they're just, I think they're still playing with it a little bit. Um, I'm probably going to get a hold of him and start working with them on it because I think they got something pretty cool. You tweak a couple things, I think you could probably run away with it. Yeah. Uh, I, what was I looking at? Because I'll need a turkey pack for this upcoming season. I was looking at the Night and Hail, the Run and Gun 2.0, I think is what it is. Yeah. I think, does Emery run that occasionally during hunting? I feel like I've seen him in some of his videos. Um, I've seen it on some of THP's videos. I think Zach Farinball runs it. It's okay. it's a it's a smaller turkey pack. Like I like smaller packs. Is, so is it a pack or a, a vest? So because this would I, technically be a turkey vest, but it, it's just it's just different. I think it's would technically be a vest. It has a seat cushion and everything. That was what I was thinking of getting. But if I would like I would like to see their XOP one. I'm assuming they're gonna try and get it out soon because turkey season's coming very soon. I hope so. I'm gonna call him next week when ATA's over. I'm I'm gonna give him the weekend. I'll probably be talking with him first thing Monday morning when everybody's listening. So if you're listening, look for a post about this because we're gonna we're gonna get that thing moving. All right, it is a turkey vest. It's the Night and Hail Run and Gun 200. It's got a real small little like backpack style on the back. If you want to put anything in there, it's got a, a seat that cinches up pretty tight, and you can quickly get it down. And it's got just enough pockets. It's another one that kind of fits tight to you. It's not big and bulky and yeah everywhere. That it yep. has a seat too. So that, you know, the other thing that always bothered me about those big vests is when you sit down, you know, they never fit you yeah. the way they should. And so when you would go to um, shoulder your gun, sometimes your vest would kind of get in the way and keep you from being able to do that smoothly, quietly, mm -hmm. all that. This thing's not, you're not going to have that issue with this. This isn't that like thick, uh, you know, kind of rigid material or whatever. It's it's nice. I got a couple of, of cool ideas for it though, right out of the gate. Um, so that is all I saw from XOP. Super impressed with them. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There is one other product they had there. Yeah, they had their their climber. Oh God. Okay, so I did not obviously get to try the climber because you can't um but i saw it up close and in person she packs flat <laughs> insanely compact uh, i wish i would have picked it up to feel you know because like i said about that onyx it's four and a half pounds but it doesn't feel like it it's mm. not heavy it's very well balanced um i i would have liked to have picked it up and and put it on and just see how it felt but yeah. I watched uh what's his name, Clifton Denny's video with Randy yeah. 
I haven't watched it. it yet. It's um, it's thirteen pounds. The climber is again. It's it packs pretty very compact. Um, I don't now. I I do not believe it's as compact as now. It could be wrong, but just looking at the videos, it might not be as compact as the new uh, Lone Wolf climber, which we'll get into. Um, but XOPs comes in at thirteen pounds. Their seat. They have a pretty large seat that comes with it, but I believe in the video they said it's a prototype seat. They're not quite finished with it. Pretty and sure actually, that's what they had on the turkey pack. <laughs> yeah. It's been. Actually, the, uh, in the video, they said that the seat for the climber, they actually had it as an original prototype for a a climbing platform. Like, a, who's got, is it Tree Hopper that has one similar? Um, so maybe they'll come out with something like that later on. We'll see. But they have some tweaking to do with the seat. I saw some people, like you saw, I saw pictures online of the mannequin and then like um, the cable was sticking up and people were like, oh, that's going to catch on everything. I, I don't, that wasn't the correct seat that goes with it. So they're making tweaks to that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It looks slick. I know Clifton, uh, he's like almost strictly a climber guy, I'm pretty sure. And, um, that's uh, just not for me. Um, he he liked it quite a bit, though. Um, but it's, that's just not my game. Um, so to each their own on that. But it, for a climber, I, I was a diehard climber guy forever. And I rocked the Summit. And I thought Summit was it. It was not it. I just didn't know about the cool stuff. <laughs> so um, that's a pretty slick one. Which the DeQuistos have just a badass climber coming out. Yeah. Were were they there? No, they were not there. Okay. So it was just them dropping videos. So I'm sure most people saw. I mean, there was a lot of um, hype around the video. They got quite a, it was very impressive. They got a lot of views very quickly on that climber. I oh, think yeah. people have been waiting a while. But I mean, props to them. There's a lot of, I mean, just with the video and them going to everything, there's a lot of ingenuity that you can tell that went into that yeah. climb. I mean, they, they took their time and, and thought the about it. They're pretty slick. Yeah, the foot stirrups are slick. Um, I need to watch another video on it and see if that adjusts. Because I had some questions yeah. on as far as like your foot size. Um, if you have a smaller foot versus a bigger foot, like if that adjusts or if you take it out of those foot stirrups and go to the side where the railings are, like if you have a, a larger foot profile, but man, that thing, it's probably the most compact climber there is. It's, it's pretty dang small. I liked how the, the top part integrated with the, uh, the bottom portion, like it locks in. That thing, it was slick looking. I'm not a climber guy, but I mean, I, I used some climbers back in the day. They're not my thing anymore, but it's pretty slick. I remember uh, going up the tree with you that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the first, was that the first time we hunted together? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. Uh, what was the weight on that? I think 11 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So their climber was eleven pounds. I might have it pulled up here. 
let's see. I'm not sure they have. I don't think they have it on the website yet. Oh, here we go. I got it. Okay. So the specs on, let's see, it's the all new 2023 Dequisto Series crossover is what this is called. So as far as some of the specs goes, 11 pounds. So this is coming in lighter than that XOP climber. Um, I would assume that this is the lightest climber on the market. Yeah, as right here, lightest, most compact climber tree stand ever created, which I would agree just based on the specs and the videos. Um, and see packing profile, one and seven eighths inches, which is ridiculously small. Um, as far as the platform dimensions, 24 by 16 and a half seat dimensions are 17 inches by 13 inches. Um, which if you looked and saw some of the videos, it's got like this half moon shape. The half moon shape, I mean, it's a pretty slick design. It's, it's created so you have more space on the platform. Um, so when you're moving, maneuvering around to try and get a shot on an animal, you don't have that seat pushing you out far. And that that would create less foot space for you. They did that um, to help you have more foot space to get around and maneuver better. Um, no, I did, yeah, I did see in one of the videos they talked about adding like a foldable seat potentially on that half moon seat um, that might come in later on. Um, let's see. And then the weight rating for this, it's a little bit lower. Um, I'm not sure if that is because of the sit bar um the bar that they have on there but it's at 250 pounds is their weight rating on that you said 250 250 pounds is the weight rating which is lower than a lot of things but i'm not i'm not sure if that's because so they have that bar that goes down that you can use as a sit bar yeah i don't know if that's like the weak link and that is what has lowered it some. Huh. That's interesting. 250 pound weight rating. Yes. But warranty, lifetime transferable manufactured USA warranty. Wow. That's pretty slick. Yeah. So, I mean, again, lots of ingenuity coming from Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a climber. I'm, I don't think they posted anything as far as price point. Yeah. I want to. I want to see that. I have a feeling it's going to be fairly pricey. I am in agreement with that feeling. I'm pretty sure it's going to require a couple of your children, possibly. It's <laughs> probably going to be up there. I mean, anytime you get into like milling all that out and I mean, with what they've got going on with that thing, and I, here's the deal their stuff's super expensive. I'll never tell anybody that it's too expensive because if you tell them that, then they have a right to come tell me I don't deserve to make the money I make at my job and et cetera. You know, um, I, I think a lot of people talking about everything being overpriced, like you should be bitching at your grocery store people and all the other people that are raising prices right now during the, the gas prices and all that. And then gas prices drop down. They never drop their prices back down. They just keep them where they are. Even though, you know, gas prices rose and then dropped, you know, $3, $2.50, whatever it was. Um, so it, it'll be expensive. 
uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be over a thousand dollars. No problem. That's that's my guess. I could be wrong. My guess was not that high. Really? What's your yeah. guess? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, I think their most expensive hang on six ninety nine. Think I think they're two point oh six ninety nine. I my initial guess was going to be seven ninety nine. Really? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, they could come out and surprise us and say it's less. Yeah. Which would be, which would be nice. <laughs> That'd be cool. Well, I just think. I mean, think about this though. How many years have they been? I mean, people have been talking about a climber from them for two or three years that I can remember. They've yeah, been they working that for a very long time. When you have that that long in something like that, just that amount of time, and uh, you know, you plan and and uh, design for years. And I I don't know how many they've milled out and tried and it failed and. They didn't like this, and they changed that. I mean, eh, charge whatever you want, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy it regardless because I'm not a climber guy, but I, I'll never – I don't think it's right that people say that, but they don't think like that, though, either. I'm, I'm probably just a weirdo or too sensitive or something, but I just – that's like somebody coming in and saying, nope, they pay you way too much here. Let's adjust that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like all their other products as far as like quality. I mean, it's it's going to be a top quality product. I mean, they don't put anything out that's bad. I agree. Uh, uh, well, they have put a few things out, like the fix was the fix to the platform that wasn't. Uh, okay, so yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at any of their. Platforms. I only know that from the other Lone Wolf Custom Gear guys, um, and then. Other than that, though, and and and, and here's the thing, uh, there, there's like bad. I don't know if their platform was bad, but I know that they've changed things. I mean, you change things over yeah. the years. They didn't. They're, get... they're not saddle guys, so. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, so anyway, uh, so to go off the higher prices, I don't there's just been brief very brief kind of uh teasers if you will as far as some of the other new stuff they have coming out i believe they have what's going to be called their patriot series coming out yeah yeah the all new patriot series stay tuned so i believe uh this brief photo is part of a photo they have on their instagram looks like the platform of a stand so i i believe this is going to be a more quote unquote budget friendly option from the dequista family okay so i'll be excited to see those as far as what budget means um what kind of price point they come in at so again to my point earlier companies like xop keeping all the companies honest right as far as right as far as that price point for the consumer so yep. for consumer. everyone like yeah so for all of you that complain about companies like xop you better be thankful because they're having companies like loan of custom gear 
coming up with new ideas, new products at a price point that is more suitable for some of the consumers. Competition is always healthy. It's not comfortable, but it is healthy. Um, You know, sometimes it can be annoying, not fun, whatever, but it does breed health. So, um, so I want to talk about something that I saw. It was hands down my favorite thing that I saw uh, at the show. And it really, it just made me giggle inside. So we're at the Athens booth um, talking to them about the show. And we left and I turned around and I saw like 160, 170 inch velvet muley. Gorgeous, thick, healthy, full velvet, not even close to falling off. And this is a mount, obviously. And um, I saw some little spray bottles and I thought, oh, that's that velvet lock stuff that you spray on your animal and uh, you spray it on its velvet covered antlers and you're good. Now, for those that don't know much about this, when you go out west or, you know, wherever, and you want to preserve velvet antlers, the way you did that was you carried a syringe in formaldehyde, and you stuck that syringe into every last single vein in the antlers, and you flushed that entire vein from base to tip. There would be a bunch of blood in, in every single one of them and you'd flush it out until it was no longer red and um, was only formaldehyde in there. And so that's how you would preserve it. Now you just soak the shit out of it with that entire bottle. So it's like, I want to say, you know, somewhere from like 135 to 165 or something like that. No, it, it would cover up to 180 inch animal is what it was. So a 180-inch animal basically requires the whole bottle, and then, you know, you can kind of go from there. You know, if it's a little smaller, take X amount of percentage. I'm sure there's something on the label with directions and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, you could soak the hell out of it, and your velvet's fine. Now, I knew from watching videos that that stuff worked, but I had to have it make sense in my mind. And he, he basically said that it travels down the hair follicles and that's how it flushes everything out and um, just kind of gets in there and preserves it somehow. It's crazy. I was kind of laughing when I asked him like, man, you got to give me the science here. You got to make this make sense in my head because I don't get it. Well, as we're chatting, I look over and there's a, a bottle with a different label on it. And he starts explaining this to me. And this is what got my goat. He has a spray. You go out west and you shoot a deer. And you cape that deer out. Um, you can spray the underside of that cape with the meat on it. You don't have to flesh it. You can spray that cape. Roll it up. And it's good like in heat not 40 degree weather in 100 degree weather this guy lives in idaho and i couldn't get over that 
Um, he had tested it on multiple things, but he had pictures of a raccoon pelt that he had split in half. You know, he skinned it out and then split it long ways in half. One he just rolled up and put in his garage. The other he sprayed the underside, rolled it up, put it in his garage. Well, the one looked thick, healthy, great hair, everything looked great. The other, the entire face, ears, everything slipped. For those of you that don't know what slipped means, it's called slippage. That's where the animal, you're in the rotting process and you're to the stage where if you literally were to gently caress the animal's ears, face, whatever, the hair would just wipe right off. It's not, you're not pulling on it. You are gently caressing it mm -hmm. and it is coming right off. So at that point, you have lost your cape. Yeah, that's um, where my 2021 20, buck was after three days of not finding them. Yep. So that I thought was cool. They had another neat contraption, but it wasn't anything that, you know, I felt was new. Um, it was meant for packing out a, a, a game head, if you will, to go on the back of your pack. I mean, I thought it was cool, but it's nothing that you can't buy anywhere else. Um, and I didn't care for the basically like the quick link carabiner style deals they had to connect it to your pack. I thought, man, that's a bunch of heavy ass, loud, clanky metal. I don't, I don't want that. Like, why, why aren't you using G hooks or they probably, they probably don't even know what the hell a G hook is because they're out there with the cool animals and not hunting whitetail here. <laughs> um, they're killing elk and giant mule deer and all that. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. That was my favorite product because that's a problem solver when you're out, you know, we know, I mean, how hot was it in Nebraska and how far are we? I don't even know where the hell we would have gone with meat. So what are you going to fill another cooler up with capes? I mean, you put a couple deer down, you got, you know, two or three coolers, man, that you run out of room real quick. So yeah, it's almost pretty, uh I feel like that's almost a necessity if you're going out west early yeah. season. Yep. And I think, um, you know, having the spray for the velvet antlers, well, that means you don't have to cool those down at all. In fact, what's funny is he said you spray it and then he recommends you sit it in the direct sun, like immediately. So you spray it immediately and then direct sun. So wow. I was like, oh, damn. So thought that was pretty neat. Um, the buck that I was talking about that he preserved, the velvet looked gorgeous and it was 11 years old. Wow. I was pretty, I was pretty impressed by that. Uh, not an 11 year old buck. It was killed 11 years ago, just to be very clear. Um, so I thought that was neat. That was my favorite product I, I saw. I, I saw some really cool stuff when it comes to gear, don't get me wrong. But well, that was hands down my favorite because that was that's like a problem that we have been thinking about a lot. So uh, the next company I want to talk about is Elevate. Um, love those guys. I'll be honest. I visited more with those guys and talked about the show more and stuff like that. Then I did check the gear out. They didn't have a lot of new stuff. They have a new platform. I'm not aware of the name yet. Um, and I didn't get to hop on it. 
they didn't have poles really. They more they more had like a, you know like a four foot section of of log connected to you know a barrel or something. It was more of a display. You know, look gotcha. nice display. You couldn't hop on it. Um, but I gotta praise my boys and give credit where credit's due. They've caught a lot of hell from a lot of people, which is stupid. But at the same rate, some of that some of that is good because it forces you to think and consider things a little bit. And one of the things that some people felt strongly about and and I had talked with them about numerous times was their bracket. Um, you know, and my complaint, the, the, the way I explained it to Josh and Jared was if I'm just using their regular run-of-the-mill um, buckle straps, then I can pretty much go anywhere I want, right? Like it's going to take a pretty extreme tree for me to not be able to get into it. And uh, for those of you that don't understand, I'm referring to like going on the last tooth of the bracket or something like that on a crooked leaner or a forked tree or, uh, you know, a knot or something like that. So if I used an Amsteel attachment, which is what I use, then the bottom could kick out and it'd be wobbly. Could I get away with it in 99, 98% of situations? Yes, but there's always that chance that something could happen. And while I'm not going to fall, I don't even want to ruin my hunt or like bang my shin or something like that. Um, you know, create any kind of dangerous situation. So um, they've changed their bracket. And oh, nice. It is significantly better. You'll be able to see it when you come over. I've got one. Um, it, it's just... Um, I love companies that listen to their customers and the public. And these guys, uh, when it comes to whitetail deer, I think the majority of their hunting is done on private land. They're, you know, when you get into lightweight stands like this, mobile hunting, you know, true mobile hunting, the majority of your crowd's probably going to be public land hunters. They require things to be a little different because they don't know the tree they're getting in a lot of times you know guys have 20 or 50 or 100 acres man you know your trees you know where the deer are and you generally have a few trees picked out and over you know you hunt a place for five or ten years you really know them so you know where you can go um you need to be able to go last tooth with an am steel attachment i mean in this day and age you know the the buckle straps they include those to cover their ass i get that that that's the reason why um and and i mean at the end of the day they're the most you know kind of user friendly or whatever people understand them they remember them they know them we've had them around for a while um not everybody feels comfortable with am steel uh attachments i do i love them um right now i've been running the um the usa pro from uh the amseal guy and i put that on my stand sticks i i gotta be able to put that on my stand or platform you know so um super excited that they changed that bracket 
that'll be on their stands, their uh, saddle hunting platform. So really pumped about that. Yeah, that's a big change. Did they did they do anything to the seat? Um, as far as like adding some washers or anything to you know i i didn't i didn't think to check i didn't think okay. to ask to check um but i i'd guarantee you that they do i'd, I'd bet that they do if they're going to change a bracket they'll damn sure get an eight cent washer or whatever it, you know what i mean yeah. um and again it those things that's the difference between a private land guy and a public land guy i think mm -hmm. you know I where agree. a land guy can do you know, kind of what you do at your dad's where you go set it the night before or whatever in a rainstorm or something. Um, or, you know, put a few stands up and those are your stands. Um, public, you ain't trying to leave a $400 stand uh, laying around the woods, um, you know, hanging in a tree or whatever, no sticks or not. So um, you want to be able to get out there and, you know, when you're hanging your stand, you want to be able to have your platform you know, in my opinion, pulled away from the post just enough to get your hand in there. But I really like it still pointing up. That way, when I get, you know, it, it balances it well, for one, keeps all the weight close to the tree. So that way, the platform, you know, if you were to push that platform all the way down, it pulls the bracket away from the tree as you're trying to secure the stand to the tree. So when you can keep it up at, let's say, you know, uh, oh, how would we do that? So uh, probably like a 40 degree angle or something like that, somewhere around there. Um, it, it balances it well. And then immediately, as soon as you attach it, you get it good and tight. And then you can pull that down and you kind of cam it. And that just gives you that much more reassurance, that much more bite into the tree when you step on. And then mm -hmm. you can do your your tow hook, which with the elevate, the other thing that I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, people knew what they were doing, right? But for those that don't, with a stand like an elevate or a beast, um, there's a little more flex in those. You don't want to literally, when you go to tow hook them, you don't pull the platform all the way up until the stand until it's not contacting the tree you pull it up a few inches until you notice the stands start to drop and then you immediately just push the platform back down and you're bit you're good you're good to go um i don't know what you do can do with a lone wolf custom gear um their stuff appears to have a little less flex but i think it still has flex in my opinion i think if you were to be too aggressive with a lone wolf custom gear you could bend it just like the others um or damn it you know warp something damage it whatever uh, especially on the right kind of tree in the right situation um i think that's kind of the beauty of cast is you you know and the trade-off you really don't bend it as much as it just breaks but then when it breaks it's a rough day you could gore the shit out of yourself or whatever so don't mean to go too far down the rabbit hole there but just wanted to explain <laughs> that to people so super pumped for my guys which you know shout out to them uh josh killed a huge bull in wyoming 
filmed the whole trip, uh, entered into the Badlands just to be accepted to the Badlands Film Festival. It's kind of a, an honor. And then he won first, uh, bleh, third. He won third place in the Badlands Film Festival. Yeah. So this is this is Josh cool. Stubbs for the listeners. Yeah, Josh Stubbs with Elevate Stanco. Yeah, and then they also, um, I think they're gonna give an option to like have all their stands in like Badlands. Like, so if you want to all colored out in Badlands, I think that's an option. Man, are you sure that you're saying the right camo? I thought it was Badlands that they had on there. The I bottom, don't bottom, <laughs> bottom land. There you go. There we go. Bad well, I land. saw Bottomland <laughs> and a Kuyu. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, the Verde. They love their Kuyu, man. And I, I mean, I did too. I, I mean, it's good stuff, right? But, um, we love our Huntworth, and and there, there's so many, there's so many cool camos out now. Saw quite a few camo companies there, but didn't really. That just wasn't my my mo. Um, but let's think of. Uh, so I, I got to talk about this next company. It's um, this this had me pretty giddy too. I would I would have to say. I would say this one's like a a third or fourth, probably fourth place, third or fourth place. I'm a pack guy. I'm a mystery ranch guy. I love my pop-up 28. Everybody knows that I like it. Um, they dropped a pop-up 30 and a pop-up 40. And the 30, as soon as I walked up, you know, and I've always told people the pop-up 28 is the best pack on the market for mobile hunting. And because you can carry so much, you can carry, you know, a, a weapon, you can carry clothing, uh, all your self-filming equipment, and then you can put a stand or a platform and sticks in your meat shelf and on the in the side pouches and with straps and everything. So it's really, really nice and versatile. Um, and it can haul over 100 pounds, I know from experience. Uh, it's got a great suspension system, whole nine. So, um I don't, I don't really understand too much as to why they went two liters more <laughs> um, from a twenty-eight to a thirty. But I gotta say, just the minor bit of added size looks great. Like I always feel like, man, if I just had just a little more, it would be perfect so maybe that that was their contention they've got that feedback from more people but um as soon as i walk up i look at that pop-up 30 and what's it got in it there's a platform strapped to the back and two sticks on the side on each side i thought all right they've been listening uh the handle that pulls the frame up is is like a half circle half moon if you will so that way, when you hang your pack and that thing contacts the tree, it conforms to the tree and doesn't want to swing around the tree. Um, and I, they didn't say this to me. I know it because that's what my damn pack does. And when I, I noticed that handle, I just like 
felt giddy inside or something. It was just crazy because I'm like, oh, there's another little issue that I have, and it's been solved now. So uh, super, super cool people. Um, solid chance Mystery Ranch will be represented at our shows in some way. Uh, I believe that will be through dealers, though, um, which will more than likely be archery shops. But uh, really excited about that, and I'm going to have to get a hold of one of those pop-up 30s. And, you know, what? what's great is now that pop-up 40, you could take that out west. Like, I would, I would get a pop-up 30 and then just buy the bag, the 40, and boom, you're golden, you know. So it was pretty cool. I'm excited to have them come to the show, too. I saw um, they also added, oh, on the top portion where that frame part comes up, they added like a screw. So you yes. can put like binos, uh, uh, gun rest. Yep, gun rest. Yep. So yeah. Pretty, pretty slick little addition. Yeah, that was, that was an awesome addition. Um, so let's think about what else I saw. Do you have anything in your mind? Like we hit on a lot of the big ones. Trying to think. Uh, shot a shot a gearhead bow yesterday. How was Man, that? This is like the Josh Luck special. So I'm going to admit this. I prematurely set my release off and <laughs> destroyed an arrow. I learned as a guy who runs a show why you have the backstops. Um, I already knew that, but. You just don't see it happen as much. And I was that guy. Look at me. I know how to shoot a bow. <laughs> Never mind. So, yeah. I uh, So the gearhead, right out the gate. Um, pretty stiff draw cycle. Aggressive cam. Uh, breaks over. Pretty good once you get her there. And that at, towards the end of the very stiff, um, you know, uh, draw cycle. I'm I'm kind of blanking out here. Like essentially, right before it breaks over, it's pretty stiff, and I accidentally contacted the thumb button of my thumb button release, and I have it set hot as shit, so the arrow was gone before I knew what was happening. But when you hold, I shot their smallest bow. Oh, oh, wow. And, I mean, my Mystery Ranch pop-up 28 is bigger than that bow. It would not hang over the edges, and you immediately were on the brain. I'm like, Mr. Minimalist, here he goes. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, if you ever looked at a bow and said, wow, that's mobile as hell, that, that one's it. Now... Everything else about it seemed really cool. They're also ambidextrous, so you can change the grip to a left hand, which I thought was neat. It's a shoot-through riser, which I think is cool, and I think that's how they get away from some of the issues you would have with a short axle-to-axle. -axle. Now, let me tell you what I thought was really cool. He could sit down and shoot that bow, no problem. No clearance issues. He laid on his back and shot that bow. 
and had more than enough clearance off the ground. I thought that was pretty badass. Um, you know, for the for the guy that's like, oh, I need to sit on a bucket. I need to be on the edge of a cornfield. I can't get in any tree at all. Guess we're sitting on the ground tonight, you know, kind of thing. And you don't have a stool or seat or bucket or whatever to help with that ground clearance. I thought it was neat. Pretty slick. Yep. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, Gear, Gearhead might be at the shows, right? Uh, I don't think it's a might. I think he like definitely wants to come to both shows. Um, I tried a heated bow grip. That was pretty neat. USB chargeable too, so that's pretty cool. Um, and it it wasn't like oh that's kind of warm. You're not ever. You will never be cold. Uh, your hand won't like. There's no cold anything happening. Uh, and it could also be put on like a gun and all these different things that you use hunting. Basically, um, I won't get too far into it, but it it was pretty cool. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention was that. The entire grip, I believe it was just the grip, was complete carbon fiber on that gearhead bow that I shot. Mm -hmm. And so, and and immediately, this is the crazy part. So we're in, we're at the show indoors, and it's I wouldn't call it chilly in there, but it's probably like I don't know, sixty degrees or something. I mean, if I didn't have my hoodie on. I would have been chilly when I had my hoodie on. I was a little warm. Well, the difference in the feel of the metal grip versus that carbon fiber, night and day in the building. <laughs> so I figured that was worth mentioning as well. Um, and for those that are uh, inquisitive like myself, you can use a drop-away rest on those bows, sights mount, just like other sights. Um, you can put stabs on, all that, so no worries there. Although I didn't look to see if they had a spot for a back bar. I'm supposed to talk to him next week about the show and stuff, so I'm going to ask then. Um, I got to look at, I don't know the name, but uh, I was only at Timber Ninja's booth for a couple of minutes. I did not see any names on badges that I recognized, and there were a bunch of people over there, so I just kept going. I figured if I have time, I'll double back. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned them because that reminds me of some products they had, and then we forgot to mention Cruiser. Cruiser had some stuff. Yes. So, um, I I noticed their stand, but again, I was only there for a little bit. What caught my eye was their new saddle their new saddle is pretty cool i did not sit in it but by looks alone functionality that thing is cool as hell this is the timber ninja saddle correct yep yeah their other one was the black belt saddle Which, let's see here. 
I don't even think it's their new one's not on their website. So the black belt was actually, I think, manufactured by another company. But I'm assuming their new one, I'm assuming their new one is just all their own design. Yep. I kind of wondered about that. Uh, but it looked pretty, pretty slick. They had like two pouches that were built onto the saddle, I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure what else. I, I didn't see many videos on it. No. Um, I'll be excited to check that out at our show in June. Yeah. They have, they have carbon fiber sticks as well. Um, yeah. I don't think they're not all machine carbon fiber, like one piece carbon fiber, but yeah. Are they complete metalless? No metal? Um, I don't know about that. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. The steps look metal. I could be wrong, but on here it looks like the steps are metal. It's a carbon fiber tube. Polymer double step. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I believe they were the first to come with the uh, carbon fiber tubing for the stick. And then they have a carbon fiber stand, which I was surprised I didn't hear more about, but I don't, <clears throat> I think the weight is coming in at about the same as some of these other smaller stands. So maybe that's why we haven't heard much about it. I think so. I think just off of deductive reasoning, when you get into that carbon fiber stand, it's the price point's probably higher. And when you have a higher price point and you have the same weight, you know, then really you're only that I know of your only, um, you know, real positive that is super attractive is the fact that it's not going to be cold like a metal stand. It's going to be quieter too. Yeah. Yeah. Quieter. I, I guess we could mention that as well. Um, but you know, a lot of people focus on weight packability stuff like that so when you it looks it looks similar to some of the smaller stands as far as like weight yeah. and packability so uh, it definitely gives you another smaller stand option do you see the, the do they have the msrp do you know no i just like briefly saw a picture of it and it's not on their website that i see okay so hopefully we'll get more details on that after the show yeah so with Cruiser, they did come out with some new sticks. I did not get to try them. I was there talking to Chad and uh, Jake Belinda. Um, do you are you friends with Jake on Facebook? Yeah, I think so. I follow him on Instagram too. He shot a nice buck in Ohio. Yeah, in Muzz. bull in Idaho. No, he was out there for twenty three days. Yeah, him and Lane out yeah. there. They were. They were there for a while. Yep. So I talked with them like the whole time. Um, I didn't, I didn't try uh, anything. I don't think I stood there and talked to them the whole time, um, which is terrible of me. <laughs> I should have said, Hey, while we're talking, bring me those sticks. Let me, let me check those out. From from what I had seen online, their standoffs look nice. They reminded me of the EWO standoffs. Yes. 
Yeah, um, I did. I concur. Um, they, look, they look like a good solid stick, especially if they if they have similar standoffs to the EWO. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a good option. Yeah. Um, checked out. Uh, really, really just spoke with a gentleman who runs a bowstring company. Oh, that wait, sorry, I didn't realize you were moving on. One other oh, thing sorry. about Cruiser. One Cruiser came out. Cruiser came out with new packs, which I know nothing about. I briefly saw some pics of them, and they looked. I wanted to know more based on the photos. They looked yeah. pretty slick. They were saddle packs, um, or packs for saddle hunters, um, but they looked they looked pretty nice. Yep. They weren't bad. Um, I didn't dive into them very far, but again, I was more focused on talking to those guys. And they had a few questions, and I had some questions, and then we got on the hunting. And I think I probably spent as much time at their booth, maybe more, and literally didn't try a single product like an idiot. Um, there's like this curse somehow. So. I still haven't sat in their saddle. They're the only damn saddle on the market. I'm pretty sure that I haven't sat in other than like, uh, I haven't tried like flat branch that doesn't exist anymore. And what about H2? I've not sat in an H2 or a arrow hunter. Maybe. Yeah. I think did arrow hunter just recently go out of business or I think it was arrow hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they had the Kestrel. Yeah. I heard a lot of, well, I mean, this is when, like, there were very few options, too. But um, I think I think it would have been H2 and Arrow Hunter that I heard a lot of good things about. But I can't remember. It's been years ago. It was all from, like, Josh Fox and some other buddies. But, um, anywho, uh, we will be sure to, it'll be, like, on my agenda, one of the first things I do. Uh, at the Southern show, I'm going to go sit in a saddle and at the cruiser booth and um, play on their sticks and check out the packs and everything. And just see, see my thoughts, feel my thoughts, <laughs> let you hear my thoughts. Um, moving on to the gentleman that I spoke with who owns a three archery. Uh, he kind of gave me the rundown on the way he, makes bowstrings and he actually um so he's got like this like pr proprietary blend that i don't think anyone else is using right yes you don't wax your strings and they i forget the terminology he used but essentially a, a machine or something shoots the strings x amount of times so that way when they go on your bow your peep doesn't move there's no settling uh period at all you know the first 50 shots or whatever you know how they ask you to shoot like 200 shots and then come back and they'll mm -hmm. check everything out that so i thought that was pretty cool um something to definitely consider for sure especially if you're a guy like me that never waxes your strings because you're used to shooting competition and you're sponsored so you know that wax isn't going to save the strings after the million shots you took you know in the four or five month time so you just 
don't care, then you get your next set of strings for the year, because we'd always get two, and that was your hunting, and then those would basically last through indoor in the winter, and then you'd put your brand new set on and go, so um, I never, I got out of the habit, and now I'm like, damn, man, I should probably wax my strings, and they're looking a little rough. Look like somebody's been trying to shave them with a knife or something. <laughs> Whittling wood. Um, I think, man, I know I'm going to forget somebody. Let me look at these cards real quick before I screw up. Uh, we did check out another pack company that kind of looks promising called Bog. Yeah, they're the ones that make the Bog Pod and all that, right? I guess. What's the bog pod? Like a tripod. Oh, okay. I mean, kind of figured, but um, I, I I didn't look. If I'm being honest, I saw one single pack, and I had no interest in anything else. And then you guys showed me their bino harness harness on the way home, and I'm like, I could have looked at that. I forgot they have trail cameras too. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. They have a bunch of stuff. It's it's bog hunting, so they have all kinds of different products. Um, the other company I spoke with was kind of neat. It's called German Precision Optics, and essentially they have a Zeiss quality with, like, less than half the price. <laughs> So, which less than half the price, you're looking at like a $2,200 pair of Zeiss binoculars. The German Precision Optics would be $1,000. Like, you're still forking over some bones. But mm -hmm. uh, they were pretty slick. Um, couldn't really tell a lot with the optics quality. Didn't have, you know, anything that I could really test that out on, if I'm being honest. The lighting was pretty solid in there. But one thing I did notice is that the, um, the little knob that you roll over with your middle finger to focus uh, was really smooth. So something. Uh, also, they had a really nice range finder. It was awesome. Uh, ranges to the nearest tenth of a yard, which I thought was pretty cool. So. I want to say that that's about the end of the list as far as notable companies that watch. I've, I've like totally forgotten one or two and somebody <laughs> listens to the podcast and they're going to be like, listen, mother freaker. Um, shout out to my boy, Derek. Got to hang out with my boy, Derek. Uh, yeah, he was on the Athens poster. Yeah. Walking over, talking to the Athens. Eh, Athens. Athens people and uh, had to go check out old old D Craig with his big ass photo from the cover of their catalog like a boss. Um, it was really cool to see, man. Um, got to talk talk a lot with him. We have some pretty meaningful conversations too. We don't just like shoot the shit. <laughs> he's like he's like my wise older brother he's not really old enough to be like an uncle or a dad i don't think <laughs> but but he'd be like 
he'd be like the brother where I was the accident um, <laughs> way after he was born. So <laughs> he's like, yeah, but no, a lot of really good advice from him. Got to talk a little bit with, with Mike from Magnus as well. Um, I'm going to bug the shit out of the, those guys until they bring back that bow pod. I'll never stop. That's one of the coolest things. What, what's the bow pod? The bow pod? Bro. So they, they, they didn't really produce this thing much because they had to buy, you know, I, I couldn't even pick the correct number, but let's just say, you know, it's, it's made in China, right? So over there, you got to buy X amount. So let's just say they would have had to buy, you know, 10,000 units or 20,000 units or whatever. Um, the archery shops weren't displaying them properly. They weren't getting sold and didn't want to sit on a shitload of product until it finally sold and he was able to make his money. Um, the bow pod is an attachment for the stabilizer that gives your bow legs. And so you can sit your bow vertically, standing straight up, and then you've got two legs coming off in a triangle off of each side of your stabilizer, and it balances your bow. Basically like a really good kickstand, but lightweight, not a big giant piece of plastic or you know anything like that. It was pretty cool. Um, so, um, yeah, again, I'm going to bug them until they bring that thing back. Um, man, I, I think that's about it. Um, as far as, uh, oh, all right. I did check out the Elvish tack and ask him where the hell they came up with a name, but yeah, what, what is that? The coolest sight light I've ever seen. Um, now I run the auto light, the auto lights, in my opinion, the best competition light period. I think the best hunting light might be the Elvish tack. Um, it has an accelerometer in it. So when you pick your bow up, the light turns on and it has presets. So you're sitting there and, you know, two minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds, whatever you choose, it'll turn off until you move the bow again. To give you an idea of how sensitive that accelerometer is, they had stands with like, you know, we'll say 10 sites that had lights connected. And then some of them were just displaying the light itself um, on the stands. They were sitting on a table. There was a gentleman, it was like an eight foot table. There was a gentleman on the other side of the table and he sat a sight down, not hard, but not soft. Like he just put it down nonchalantly, right? Uh, like I would say he did it, he, he was like, like that. Like, not crazy. And the damn light came on at the other end of the table. Oh, wow. The, the guy, I don't know if they have that shit planned or something because I'd be sold, but it was it was pretty cool. Uh, I feel like that's pretty neat. I want to say it's like a million percent waterproof as well. Um, the guy shot competition, so... It, it was nice to hear somebody that knew what the hell they were talking about, basically. But it was a very cool sight light. If I were to buy a sight light for hunting, man, 
that I think that'd probably be the one. Um, it it mounts really really well to your sight bar too. There's no jiggly rattle. That's good. Yeah, That's nice. you have that with a lot of sights. Uh, it it's not going anywhere. Um, I thought it was badass. I, I talked to those guys for quite a, a long time. Um, let's see if we can think of anyone else that we spoke with before we hop off here. Man, the only other person I can think of at the moment, and forgive me if I forgot somebody, but we were done with the expo and we went to dinner and I ran into Dano from Eastern Woods Outdoors. And I'm pretty sure this dude's going to be like the next Walmart Target Sears. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of messing with him a little bit. I mean, he's going to sell a gallon of milk before it's over. This guy has a bow shop. He sells nine different saddles. You know, he's got a couple different sticks. He's got Havilon knives. He's got bows, strings, uh, arrows. They've got packs. They sell Mystery Ranch packs. I mean, he... I, I want to check out his shop. Well, we I told him there. I'm going to buy a bow from him. So we'll have to make a trip up there. Um, and maybe we just do it when we, like, a day before, day after, whatever. Or at the show, even. Um, we'll check out all the stuff. And he is like, hey, what all you want me to bring? And I'm like, bring everything. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, bring bring your store. <laughs> bring your store. Bring your god dang Cabela's that you seem to own now. Um but it was cool to hear. He just, I mean, that guy, he loves to work. He has probably more ambition than most human beings I know. He reminds me so much of just like an Amish dude. Yeah. Is it the beard? <laughs> you know what I call him? You don't know yet. I, I call don't know. Him, I call him the saddle Viking. <laughs> I told him that. Hunter texted me yesterday and was like, Hey, dad's at the show, you know, keep your eye out. And I was like, Oh, I won't miss the old saddle Viking. Trust me. It's taller than every human being here and has a way better beard. And so, um, and then I never saw him somehow. And then we walk into this place called Weber's pretty good food and amazing service. Uh, I hear, I hear my name. I look over, I'm like, hey, I've been looking for you all day, and now here you are. Oh, cool. Dude, Indianapolis has a serious homeless person problem. I feel like that's more and more cities nowadays. Oh, my God. If you want to see a serious homeless issue, go to L.A. or San Francisco. I was freaking out, man. We were trying to find a place to eat. And we're just standing there and there's one homeless person sitting next to us just tapping this piece of plastic on the ground, making a loud noise like repeatedly over and over and over and over. And I'm like, damn. And then there's another one right in front of us digging in a trash can looking for to, I, I don't even know what he was doing. Honestly, I don't know if he's looking for food, 
trying to use different pieces of paper for insulation. I, I don't know what his MO was, but whatever it was, I was starting to freak out a little bit. You just never know when somebody's going to be desperate and want like your 40 bucks you have in your wallet and shank you or something. Anyway, I won't be so negative and depressing. <laughs> uh, had a great time. Super thankful um, to Magnus. Magnus and you know Mike and Derek got us in there. Um, thankful to Aaron for hanging out with me all day and uh, you know just being a good buddy. It, it was nice to not be by myself. Uh, got to meet Crispy. That was cool. Saw Hannah Barron. That was great. Um, <laughs> saw Caitlin Moss. Saw the guys from OKS Hunter. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They were. Did you did you talk to them? They're in my latitude stick video. Um, that's Eric in the background. Yeah. Okay. Did you talk to them briefly? No, nah, they were busy. They they kind of like walked up and kind of scooted in front of me and started filming the sticks and um I wasn't there for them basically. So I just I was focused on what I was doing and those sticks were my number one priority if I'm being honest. <laughs> I was like, all right, these are clearly awesome and um I kind of knew they were special and probably going to get attention and then they went and won another award and I'm like, damn. But uh yeah, I didn't end up talking to those guys. Saw the guys from the Hunter podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, again, didn't talk to them. Met uh, Spencer Brackens from um, Public Land Prowlers. Yeah, I was going to say he's Public Land Prowler guy. Uh, who else did I meet? Got to see Colby. I didn't meet him. He was busy talking to the bowhunting.com guys, but Colby, I think his last name might be Hanley, but um, he owns part of or the majority of Ultra View. But, uh, dude, talking to Crispy, cool as a gut dang cucumber. Just <laughs> regular dude, you know, just gets it though. So, well, let's talk concluders. Concluders. Night, and I'm tired. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Tomorrow is Saturday, and I still have to somewhat work. I have a continuing education course all weekend, eight to five, Saturday and Sunday. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm glad it's a three day weekend. Uh, my concluder. So we went over a lot of gear in this podcast. Um, went down some rabbit holes, probably longer than we should have made it, but gear is always fun to talk about. So with that said, lots of gear coming out this year, tons of new stuff for people to try and test out. I'm going to do a shameless plug here and plug the Mobile Hunters Expo, the vast majority of what we talked about. Um, and even, I mean, we'll have things we didn't talk about there too, but the vast majority of these companies will most likely be at, the mobile hunters expo either one or both shows so people will get to try and test out all the gear we talked about right um for some of the products it'll be the probably the first 
chance people will have to actually buy them. Um, I feel like XOP and Latitude are going to sell a lot if if our show's the first place that they're selling them. Ele- yeah. Elevate did the same thing. Elevate, you know, dropped their Element Ultra at our show last year, and they about sold out. An empty trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they That's sold insane. almost their whole stock. Um, so yeah, so if you're interested in coming to the shows, right, all the stuff is going to be there. We'll um, we'll probably do another podcast breaking down the shows and uh, giving a lot more details about them um, within the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, we'll we'll post stuff online and, and on the mobile owners expo page. Um, but we're we're in the final stages of basically finalizing everything. Um, so we'll have a lot more information coming out within the next few weeks. Heck yeah, man. It'll be s- sweet as hell. I'll be really pumped to get a bunch of the details nailed down and um, you know, start talking about all the cool prizes people can win, the film festival, uh, you name it. It'll be really cool. Um, my final thought concluder, if you will, um, all the gear that's being dropped coming out. I feel like sometimes people get caught up in the thought that they need to purchase the latest and greatest, the, the, the lightest, most compact, you know, whatever it is. And it's cool if you can afford to do that. And it's, it's fine, you know, to each their own or whatever, but, I feel like when you use the same gear for the most part over and over and over, you really get to learn it and then you can be really efficient and just a better all around hunter um, and climber. So something to think about that's coming from one of the guys that runs the mobile hunters expo. I mean, I'm probably not the smartest person for saying this, but, don't feel like you need to buy anything and everything out there. Um, get it because you need it or you really want, you know, if you if you have a saddle that you're comfortable in, man, you, you might not be wise to, to change something like that. You know, there's certain things that really shouldn't change. Just like the guys used to yell at me for changing you know, bows or changing a certain setup or whatever. Um, I'd go changing everything not long before a tournament and all that. Just something to think about. Don't necessarily feel like you got to keep up with the Joneses and buy the latest, greatest, lightest, you know, stand or uh, platform, saddle, whatever. Make sure you're doing your research on the stuff before you buy it. And my other thing is the people that you're listening to in podcasts, watching on YouTube, uh, following on the internet in any way, make sure that they're actually successful hunters, you know, pretty good hunters. You can test gear all day, but if you can't relate that to what things are like in the hunting world and then use it when you're hunting as well and, and use that in your reviews and stuff, I just feel like it's different. You know, otherwise you're just giving opinions and thoughts and literally anyone is qualified to do that. 
not everybody can just go kill deer and then furthermore decent bucks big bucks etc so not necessarily saying that they need to be people that kill 200 inch deer all the time but you know if you live in michigan wisconsin whatever you know guys killing 120s and 130s 140s you know that's probably who i'm following i'm following the guy that's killing one and two year old deer because every human being in michigan can do that that's not out of the norm or uh you know that's not elite or whatever um you know ohio our deer are bigger for very very good reason uh a lot of states same thing um i'm not following a guy and asking for advice when he's shooting two and three year old deer uh, now a guy that's not me might and that's completely fine but i'm asking guys that are killing pretty big bucks for my advice and that doesn't mean i won't take advice from somebody i just feel like people try to be the authority on all this hunting gear and they don't kill anything so now they just stand on a pole that basically makes you less than a stripper so <laughs> so with that rick will like that i'm sure that'll be in the title now um we appreciate you all tuning in uh if you haven't please like and subscribe uh to our podcast um if you don't mind sharing that with a couple of buddies we'd really appreciate it uh subscribe to our youtube channel and like and follow our fuel buddy outdoors business page as well as our mobile hunters expo business page and feel free to join our facebook group fueled by the outdoors we got twenty one thousand members um and we will actually be doing a giveaway for a custom gear modifications saddle it's a cobra uh this sunday so uh, we'll get the post up then and um hope to see y'all in there in the comments guys thanks for tuning in this has been fueled by the outdoors i've been your host chris leppert joined tonight by my boy and uh co-host co-star whatever you want to call him joshua luck thanks for tuning in guys see ya thanks guys Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.